You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. You're totally right. I think I'm somewhat. Uh, I'm a person who likes control, who have um, control um, over the things I do. But uh, sharing it with people I can rely on and I, I like working with, it's an even more fulfilling process. That's why uh, the recording and production process of Nocturne was a great experience for everyone. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Hope you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I'm very stoked to have teamed up with them to bring you Heavy Montreal presents Vox and Hops Brutal Montreal 2022. That will be taking place on September 2nd at Corona Theater. This year's event features Deicide performing their classic album in its entirety, Legion, as well as Cataclysm, who will be performing their classic album, Serenity and Fire, in its entirety. And we have Inhuman Condition that is opening up the gig. Tickets are flying. Uh, trust me, you do not want to wait. You want to pick up those tickets via the link in the description of this podcast because it is going to sell out. This is a unique metal and beer festival happening in my hometown of Montreal. I'm going to be there. Come party with me. Come enjoy life, metal, and craft beer alongside me at Brutal Montreal 2022. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to write a review for the podcast. If you were to take just a few minutes to write a review about the podcast, you can say how great of a host I am, maybe. You can tell them how great my guest list is. Be creative, be yourself. But by writing a review, you may actually be the person that helps sway someone's decision about becoming a brand new Vox and Hops head, and that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm with Nikita Kamprat of Der Vig Einer Freiheit. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 345. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Nikita Kamprad of Der Vig Einer Freiheit. How are you doing, Nikita? Hey, um, I'm doing fine. Uh, thanks for having me. I um, was really looking forward to this. Uh, we have scheduled it back in October last year, so... It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, I, I, it's, it's, it's at the point, and I appreciate you saying yes and being open to it, but it's at the point where I'm like, do I even... I, should I close bookings? Because... I'm like, what are you doing in five months? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you free on this date at two o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm a guy that, uh, that loves planning well in advance. So uh, for me, it's perfect. perfect. <laughs> oh, good. Well, we're a perfect match then. Uh, let's dive into the shittiest question of the day. Uh, the question that all of us love to kick off our interviews with recently. Uh, how have you been coping with the glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, and most, hopefully not, most of 2022? Uh, how have you been coping in these crazy times? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, it's a very, very bad situation for everyone in the world, uh, obviously. Um, I think we as a band and also personally, um, we were quite fortunate because... Um, You know, I built the studio where I'm sitting right now, uh, just at the beginning of uh, the Corona pandemic. And uh, we wanted 
actually with a band we wanted to um, have a live break in 2020, which we uh, we needed for um, uh, writing and recording the album, the new album. And also 2021, so we haven't really been scheduling any shows. And um, yeah, we weren't affected in our live, uh, yeah, uh, live shows and stuff uh, that much from the pandemic. So we were quite fortunate, but there uh, are so many people in the industry, of course, bands doing this full time, um, who suffered a lot. And that's a very, very bad thing. And right now, um, you know, in Germany, um, more and more shows um, coming up right now. Uh, and that's a very good thing. And even festivals for the summer are scheduled. And um, yes, yeah, we're really, really looking forward. And it would be so, so, so bitter for everyone if these couldn't happen. But things are looking good and uh, we need these shows. Uh, it's such a huge part of us. It's a huge part of our culture to to be assaulted at a festival sonically, physically, um, it's it's so important to the to the human that we are, uh, because we've been doing it for so long, and then to have it just taken away. Composing is one thing, and writing is one thing, but a live music experience, especially a huge festival one, where there's that's true. You you can never uh, like uh, do the same on a home stereo no. system or something like that. You know. If you're in front of a big stage or even a small stage with with a decent sounding system. You know, you feel the bass, uh, you have this loud everything around you and the screaming people. That's a total different experience. And yeah, I, I missed that a lot. Uh, we had it back in November uh, last year. We had uh, six shows out of 10. Um, yeah, um, a small tour uh, for the release of Nocturne. And uh, we really, really enjoyed it. I, I don't think I um, have ever enjoyed a sh a shows so much like these. I'm like having dreams at this point of being back on tour, which is funny. Like, and, and like, not even the fun parts, not, not even the fun parts of being on tour. I was like, I dreamt last night, and this is a true story, that I was standing outside at a gas station <laughs> with Flo <laughs> Mooney. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I really missed this, dude. And that was my dream. And I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, what we played I dreamed a lot we, of. We played one show. Oh, uh, you it did? It was my okay. show, actually. Uh, Vox and Hops' uh, Brutal Montreal, which is uh, was a metal and beer festival back in December. Yeah, what, what I dream a lot about, and also in the corona pandemic, uh, is like, uh, it's, it's a returning dream sometimes. Um, you know, we're arriving at a gig and um, we do sound check and stuff like that. It's re really realistic. And then uh, just before the show, I'm in the backstage and the backstage suddenly is like two kilometers away from the stage and I don't know how to get there and the entry is running already. And this is a dream that, that comes back. And, That's um, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your dreams hanging out at the gas station. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, no, your dream has more pressure to it. No, I, I don't like that. I don't like your dream. That would stress me the hell out. That's too funny. I've heard a story when, when Lord Worm was with the band, uh, they once started the intro while he was on the toilet without knowing that he was with on a wireless the microphone on <laughs> probably <laughs> it would work with the vocals but uh, <laughs> vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives music and craft beer uh what beer do you have on your side that we're going to be sharing virtually today i just have the very basic um würzburger hofbräu uh it's 
yeah, the most common beer here in my hometown, Würzburg. I wanted to get another beer actually, but uh, the shop I went to didn't have it. Um, it's actually Jagdherren. It's the beer I enjoy the most and it's the cheapest one. <laughs> so that's cool. And um, yeah, uh, but it's all right. Um, it's not a craft beer. It's just a basic beer, but yeah. Oh, but in the land of Germany, all the beers are so pure and delicious. So you, you, you guys are well and above and they're, they're small batch and it's, it's not like a huge macro brewery. So I, I definitely would also drink that if I was there with you and enjoy it thoroughly. But on my side today, I'm going to be drinking something from St. Cambado. Uh, this is called Citadin. It is a Czech Pilsner, so a Czech-inspired Pilsner, and they've just recently... Uh, have named this beer as their flagship beer, which is rare for a craft beer brewery to do that nowadays because typically they just keep releasing a bunch of beers over and over again and sometimes they bring beers back, but they're so proud of this one that they've named this one their flagship. So I'm going to crack this and I would love to hear about your very first beer. Do you remember the first beer that you drank? Yeah, I think so. Um, must have been at a party uh, by my sister. I think she She went 16 um, and uh, I'm three years younger, so uh, I was 13 um, and was somewhere in a broken house, something like that. So um, in the garden, we were sitting in the garden and uh, I drank the first beer, I had a sip and suddenly I I think I had the feeling, it was not the best feeling, <laughs> to be honest, um, was like the taste and the effect the alcohol had on me, on, on my clean um buddy um <laughs> yeah it was it was strange um but i got uh. into it and you know beer is always um or mostly the cheapest alcohol you can get as a teenager it's important so um yeah i stick with it and um i like it today yeah that's when the, the black metal came into you in the garden of the abandoned house drinking that first <laughs> cheap beer <laughs> amazing um now Craft beer, is, it's getting bigger in Germany, but because of the law of purity that you guys got going on there, uh, it's hard for the mass culture to accept craft beer. Have you ever dove into the world of craft beers? Is it ever something that you, you explored? Not really, to be honest. Um, I uh, tried some IPAs and stuff like that. Um, yes, yeah, smaller breweries, as you said, We're living here in Bavaria and in, in Franconia, and Franconia, I think, has the world's um, biggest uh, uh, amount of breweries in one place. And um, yeah, I'm living right in the middle of this, so, but I'm still not that much into these, um, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm just sticking to what tastes good and um, yeah. The efficiency of it all, I like it. Um, and it is a beautiful, beautiful Bavaria and Franconia. Massive beer culture, big beer halls, all that. Mm, can't wait to be back on tour. We'll, we'll go and drink together. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Um, my mother listened to Sean Bass, for example, um, a great vocalist and songwriter and my um, father um, and that's mostly the reason why I got into heavy music uh, he was listening to uh, Deep Purple and uh, Pink Floyd a lot so uh, sometimes we 
we drove somewhere in the car and my father put in the best of Deep Purple, uh, some CD and um, yeah, turned it really, really loud and I really liked it. <laughs> my mother didn't like it. She, she yelled oh. at him. But um, yeah, that I think that was the point when I started to really like heavy and loud music, um, especially oh. the song Speed King by Deep Purple. Um, yeah. Oh. And uh, Child in Time, it's still one of my favorites. I remember listening to that with my father too, that specific oh, song. Because cool. uh, the vocals keep going higher and higher. Yeah. Yeah, and he was so impressed by that, yeah. and I was too. And, and it's such a long song. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it was it was something definitely memorable on my side for sure. And I'm, I'm pushing space trucking on my son right now. Uh, he, he's getting into it. How old uh, is he? <laughs> he is three, going on four. Oh, cool. He's really into it. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> how about uh, you? The bands that you brought into the house. Uh, that you showed your parents what have been the a band that you brought in that was either too much for your parents or something that your father appreciated or that your mother appreciated oh uh, i have to think about that one um uh yeah there was uh, not a metal band um but we have been on tour with moonspell from portugal in 2016 and they had in their changeover they had some portuguese folk music it's called fado um have it uh, running um like a background music actually and um it was so inspiring it was so melodic and melancholic it's very very sad music and i really started to like it on this tour uh, actually and um i asked them what's the artist or the band and it was uh, i forgot the name too bad um, but I, I went home and bought a CD for my, um, for my mom and I gave it to her and she really, really liked it. Um, yeah, that was a cool thing actually. I love that. Uh, for myself, it would be, my dad really got into Devin Townsend, Accelerated Evolution. Is that the name of the CD? I think it is. Um, he's so into it for <laughs> quite some time. <laughs> uh, how about your first shows? Do you remember the first live music experience you went to go witness? Oh, yeah. Um, it was my first cover band. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we played like in a yeah small venue uh, and it was... You know, back then um, you met up in the internet, like today, but um, in like chat rooms uh, of a local yeah. Yeah, yeah. of the local radio station, for example. It was here in in Würzburg, and um, there was a meeting of this chat group, basically, and they organized a concert, and we played there um, doing cover songs like "Eye of the Tiger," "System of a Down," stuff like that. That was my very, very like, first show. Just, just so I can understand, um, were you guys in bands or were you all musicians that were in the chat rooms oh, because you were trying to form bands? No, we were. Uh, actually, I never was in these chat rooms, but my bandmates, um, they, uh, they had this uh, going on. I was just in the band and they were like, hey, there's this meeting of our friends from these chat rooms and they uh, invited us to play there so yeah i said like nice we have a show <laughs> eye of the tiger yes system of a down that, that's quite a leap there i like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my song growing up uh, yeah it was I, very young rocky movie right <laughs> uh, rocky rocky three it was just a year after i started playing the guitar i think or two years okay yeah. okay 
Very, very interesting. Why? What? What made you lean towards the guitar? I'm assuming it has to do with with Deep Purple being they have such a prolific guitar presence in their music. Uh, Pink Floyd, as well as you mentioned earlier, from your dad's exposure. Uh, what what made you move towards wanting to become a guitarist before to start performing? What steps took you there? Yeah, um, I think it was always. As I said, this heavy, loud music that just surrounds you if you listen to it very loud. I mean, loud music, heavy music has to be consumed loud, I think. If you turn it at a low volume, it's not the same. And what is uh, like this constant pressure um, giving you into this music is mostly the guitar sound, I think. Uh, you know, the drum, drums have this spikes and transients and uh, you know from a mus music producer uh, point of view <laughs> and uh, the guitars are just mostly the distorted guitarists just uh, one sausage <laughs> so to say so this is where the the wall of sound comes from and um, I always uh, was fascinated by this and um, I started getting into yeah, like rather modern um, kind of heavy music by my um, friends in school and uh, yeah, um, started listening to System of a Down, for example, or um, stuff that was going on on MTV and Limp Bizkit, for example. <laughs> and I'm an, I am a new metal child, Nikita, so there, there's no shame yeah. here. <laughs> I, 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 I had can't the be big honest, I pants. think. Yeah. Um, or Deftones, <laughs> stuff like that. Muse, still a big name for me today. And um, I was always fascinated by the guitar. So uh, it was pretty um, yeah, obvious that I started wanted to start to play guitar. And I did that in um, 2004, I think, uh, just by myself. Grabbed an acoustic guitar we had lying around at home and then asked my, uh, my uncle, who was a guitarist, if he could lend me a... Uh, uh, an electric guitar and he did and I plugged it in my stereo system which was not a guitar amp or something but it worked and these were the the first steps that also led me into um, writing songs and doing the first yeah songs that I presented uh, to my bandmates in this, this cover band I was talking about and then uh, we played the very first own songs very very basic riffs just three chords or something like that um but i learned a lot in this in in these times um like how to play guitar how to write songs how to uh, react with other musicians and then later yeah it evolved into more extreme kind of stuff uh, black metal uh yeah and now I'm here. <laughs> I don't know. That's a crazy train ride. <laughs> Cheers to that. Uh, this Citadel is really uh, clean, crisp, a little bit of honey. Just killer. Sankembado. Killing it. Killing it. Love it. Uh, let's talk about Nocturne. Your most recent album came out November 19th via Seasons of Mist. Um, I love talking to musicians such as yourself that write music primarily alone. It's something that interests me very, very much because coming from my experience with Cryptopsy, it's like everyone is in the kitchen. Everyone is working. Everyone is hashing away until this is the song we've fought for hours to make it what it is right now. It's so different for you doing everything on your own. So, so 
take me to that writing on your own. Why did it become like that? Especially if it, when you were mentioning when you were younger, just starting with those three chord songs, let's say, to now where the songs are far more complex and, and are all, all over the place with post-rock elements and black metal elements, uh, like soundscapes, basically. Uh, how does that mentality of I'm going to write this by myself, where does that come from? And that's hard to say. Um, maybe it even comes from being a little bit frustrated um, because, um, you know, being in a band, um, you can be lucky and find the right people just um, with your first band and then stick with them like forever and it works perfectly and that's great. And I hope maybe you you have this experience. And... Um, like I'm not saying I like them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to like that. It, it has to work musically, of course. No, no, but I do. You know what you mean because I, I just had a chat with uh, Dagoba. Okay, and he's only had one band his whole life, and I was like, "That's awesome. This is so weird. Yeah, you're this, you're weird. You're not mm. like, like nobody else has had this situation." Yeah, but um, you know, um, I had this cover band, then I had another band, and. The first black metal band and then i had like a, a metalcore deathcore project for three years where i met our former davigana freiheit singer tobias and um yeah it was always too much of a compromise for me when i um i mostly wrote the music in these projects as well um but I always brought it into the rehearsal space and then we talked about that and uh, we always had to find compromises that I wasn't really, really happy about. And um, at some point I was like, uh, now I want to do my own thing. And what came out was Der Veganer Freiheit. I started writing the first album in 2007 and then recorded it in 2009. Um, also wrote the drum parts with a drum computer and then released the first uh, version of this album in 2009 via MySpace um, back in the day. And then it got re-released with a real drummer because um, Christian Bass, who's now playing with Heaven Shall Burn, he showed interest in, in doing the drum parts for this album. So I said, well, that's cool. Uh, uh, here you go. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we re-released re the album one year later on a proper label. Yeah, and everything, uh, the, 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 yeah, was going bigger and bigger somehow. Um, but still, I was always happy, and I saw that also people, uh, uh, the 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 positive reactions by the people on my music um, always uh, showed me that I'm on the right path somehow, and. Yeah, I, I, I did that, uh, like writing and recording all by myself, basically until the last album, like uh, until Finisterre. And then I um, I realized that, okay, I did five releases like this right now. Um, I need to change something. And also because I think I have now found the perfect lineup in the band, uh, like the perfect people. Um, I really love them, love playing uh, music with them, but, and that's even more important, I guess, hanging out with them and uh, having talks, like just everyday talks. Um, if you can't 
do this on tour or in the rehearsal space or somewhere it's impossible to do music with with people um so this is a very important part and um after all these years i now have the impression that i found the perfect lineup and that's also why um nocturne is an album that was created by a real band basically uh, we recorded the whole album live in the studio everyone in one room and uh, playing at the same time and uh we went back into the control room listening back to the the tracks we just recorded talking with them just as a whole band and we never had this and that was a very very nice experience hmm. uh, what are the bigger challenges doing that versus going track by track uh, instrument by instrument which is what most bands do nowadays there are some invisible uh, energies flowing in the room uh, when you sit in the room together um, looking at each other or playing your instrument in a way you wouldn't play it if uh, the other guitarist for example um, plays at the same time um, I w wouldn't have think things like this 10 years ago or even five years ago but um yeah just listening to the old albums over and over again i came to the conclusion that um i just wanted to try out new things uh, like doing this overdub recordings and doing it all by myself again and again it won't um get the band to a new level or get the get the get the music to a, another level and um that's why we decided to record all, all in the live uh environment in the studio then i think that's amazing i would be afraid to do it with cryptopsy yeah it depends on the on the musical style of course i, I think mm. like a very technical uh metal death metal thing it's it, it might be the better choice to do it in an overdub situation and not mm -hmm. live or maybe just do the rhythm parts in a live exactly. thing yeah. maybe that works I don't know I can just imagine us like doing it and then have that same person make that same mistake that so many at the time and we're like we'll take it from the top again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that can be frustrating I mean our our uh, riffs or guitar riffs they're not that hard to play uh, you know um, it's mostly the the right hand just doing this <laughs> and you have to be tied with the left hand of course um, I mean it's not that easy but uh, yeah it's not there's not no palm muting involved for example where you have to be 100% tight so it sounds good precise uh, precise yeah. and um yeah you know the, the the drums have to be tight that's for sure but fortunately <laughs> we have a good drummer <laughs> uh, you did get to play some shows for this release uh it was cut short by the sound of what you said before um if you could pick like a hand pick a tour the perfect tour package to put uh nocturne in front of the perfect crowd which bands would be on that bill so basically it would be a show where there's you guys that are opening two bands on top of you a three band package where the fans leave that night and they are a brand new Der Wir Einer Freiheit fan um i could imagine uh well we for we we play a first uh then for example Leprous from norway and then yeah. uh, emperor um Ooh, who have a common yeah. uh history actually lepros and emperor i think uh lepros have been the the live band for ishan for mm -hmm. some years 
And I could imagine that this would work very, very well. And I, I just, obviously, I love Lepros and I love Emperor. Emperor got me into black metal. They've been one of the first bands. And Anthems to the Welcome at Dusk is just one of my all-time favorite black metal album. And Lepros is one of the bands, the modern bands that have such a great intensity and musicality in their music that's just mind-blowing uh every time i listen to them and i see i saw them one time live uh yeah it was just crazy i feel like they have a real identity leprous um you would hear like just a few bars of music and you would know right away it was them uh, and not a lot of bands have that so cheers to them for that Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Also a producer, and you also produce all of your stuff. Uh, you seem to be very... What's the word? the right word? You seem to like to have control. Of of your projects, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, would would be what how I'm witnessing, you know, especially with the earlier stuff where you did everything and produced it, and then released it and had to find people to perform for you live in those circumstances. Uh, talk to me about those decisions. Is there ever a time that you wish that you could just hand off and not produce it? Yeah, um, I think I had this moment uh, when recording and producing Finisterre. It was a. Uh, uh, like a fulfilling process on it all in all. But um, I thought like, well, having some other people um, I can rely on in the studio right now, um, just playing the guitar parts, for example. Uh, so I just have to play a press record and uh, do the computer th uh, stuff. Um, that would be cool. And um, that's that was also the reason why I wanted to change that for Nocturne so much. And... Um, You're totally right. I think I'm somewhat. Uh, I'm a person who likes control, who have um, control um, over the things I do. Um, but uh, sharing it with people I um, I can rely on and I, I like working with, it's an even more fulfilling um, process than. And um, that's why uh, the recording and production process of Nocturne was so so good and so. Um, it, it was a great experience for everyone. Talk to me about being a producer. Um, at what point in your life did this become a big part of your life? And was it really out of necessity? Because I know that from experience with Chris Donaldson from Cryptopsy, he started recording uh, his own band 
which is how he ended up becoming a producer. And then you end up becoming, oh, he's that guy that recorded his band, so we'll go to him. And then word of mouth, word of mouth, and then you keep buying and investing more and more gear and spending all your money on that. And then eventually uh, you sort of get good, even though you never think you are good, which is a producer thing. Never satisfied. Uh, is that the similar story for you? Yeah, basically. And I think that's that's pretty common uh, that this kind of things happen. Like you play in a band, they're always, you know, you always want to record your music. Of course you want. And um, there always needs to be one person who uh who organizes this uh who 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 can do it in in the end and uh it was me in the first bands actually or even in this cover band uh i was the person who recorded uh the first own songs and um i started yeah as you said i started to buy more gear or get more experienced and then other bands um yeah, came came to me. Well, you're the producer of the Veganer Freiheit. I like the sound. So um, uh, can we work together? And I said, yeah, of course. And um, I think in 2017, it was, I always had, um, besides music, producing music, doing music in der Veganer Freiheit, I always had a part-time job. Um, I was a driver for yeah disabled or old people, driving them to a uh, to a hospital and back home and stuff like that and in 2017 i know in may uh i had to cancel the job actually because i had no more time left to or i had mm -hmm. more jobs music production jobs yeah than yeah. the time i had left actually uh, so that was a big step for me uh canceling a job quitting a job for your passion for your professional hobby so to say and uh yeah i'm very happy to uh to uh, having done it this way because today i can make a living out of it and um i, yeah, you I have don't your own studio yeah too, i which don't is amazing i don't too because i imagine before you were renting someone's studio and now you have your own which that's is that's right awesome after three years too which is great yeah and um very cool yeah i i i um, don't take it for granted. Uh, you know, I very, uh, I'm very happy for uh, any band or artists that uh, uh, come up to me and say, like, I like your stuff. Let's work together, and that's that's cool. How how hands on are you? Are you more of a I'm gonna mix your songs once they're done, or are you gonna really get in there and become an extra member of the band, uh, a producer, producer, hands on songwriting? Uh, that's a very difficult uh thing you know um it always depends on um the person behind uh the musician or the band and if if like in your case if it's a band uh um, where everyone has a big um vision and um you have to yeah you have to um uh, to become a, everything's a fight yeah, yeah. <laughs> another band member <laughs> As a producer, this can be very difficult. But I had some some projects now with uh, only one person, for example, and that I must say that this works perfectly. Uh, this person writes the songs, um, sends them to me um, like in advance, and I I listen to them talk uh, about it. I tell him like this can be done better, or this part can be 
longer or some stuff like that, you know. And um, this person um, can use it and make even better songs. Then I like doing this. But if, yeah, if it's a band like, um, and I had this, uh, who's somehow, uh, how to how to say it probably, um, open for, uh, not open for it. You know, there are open musicians and there are musicians that uh, want to have your opinion, but still say, well, no, better leave it like that. <laughs> Th thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, I mean, this sounds negative, but um, this is a point where I say, well, okay, then just do your thing. Just come to me when you're finished and I do the mix or mastering and stuff like that yes. and take the tracks how they are. Yeah. Both words are fine, of course. Amazing, amazing. I think I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for you. I think that's cool that you, you've built a whole career out of a passion on top of being a touring musician. I love it. I love making uh, beer collabs. I like to make Cryptopsy beers. I make Vox and Hops beers. I released probably 35 to I have five, six more coming out in the next few months. Uh, talk to me if you could make a beer for Der Weig, Einer Freiheit. What, what beer would that be? What, what style would it be? And what would you call it? I think it would be a, just a standard Pilsner. Um, it's my favorite, I think, uh, to drink. And um, the name of the beer. <laughs> I don't know. Immortal P Pilsner would be Immortal Pilsner. Yeah, that would be cool. I would yeah, like that. that would be yeah. cool. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> I love it. Um, I am very happy and very lucky that I got the podcast rolling throughout the pandemic. So um, right before I sit down here, right before I connect with the artist, I'm always worried if I'm prepared enough. I'm always worried, is the internet going to work? Are my kids going to be screaming in the background too loud? Uh, this is how I've been filling the void of performing live. I, I get the same little like goosebumps butterflies in my stomach right before uh how have you been filling the void of performing writing music actually uh that was a big part and um producing uh with other bands i think the two years of the pandemic have been my most productive years in the studio mm. and uh i really appreciate it because um there are there have been producers uh that had basically no jobs and i I really don't know where they come came from, um, the jobs I had, but uh, I really appreciate it. And that's always fun uh, to be creative um, with other people, but also for me alone. Um, and I love riding my, my mountain bike um, in the summer days. Uh, and there was some time in uh, April uh, 2020 when they said like, this virus is going to be so dangerous and you can't go outside and stuff like that. I was like, well, um, if I can't go outside riding my bike in the summer, I will die. Um, and I really had this, this, these thoughts because they said like, it's, uh, it's, uh, so dangerous. Um, it's yeah. Um, but being outside, being in the nature, um, Yeah, that's always a good thing. And I can really get my mind free. Super therapeutic. And I love being on tour in Germany and walking through. Anytime I can get into like a forested area. And it's, it's such, it feels like, it always feels like it's such an old territory. Big trees most of the time. 
Love it. Love it. That's one of favorite things to do on tour, especially when I'm in Germany, for sure. And, and drink beer, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> one last question, classic Vox and Hobbs wrap-up question at this point. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you very often because uh, you're very busy writing, producing, um, recording, multitude of projects, uh, your own stuff, other people's stuff. But every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? Well, um, very bad in this one. I just uh, lie in bed all the day. Um, that's it. Um, <laughs> don't touch anything. Just stare at the ceiling. Um, it's a very bad <laughs> solution to a hangover. <laughs> um, but mostly if, if it's a very, very bad hangover, it's nothing else I can do. Just lying in bed. <laughs> Amazing. Nikita, thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about life, music, and craft beer. I, I had an absolute blast. Uh, everyone, go check out that new Dedevigai Notifiheit Nocturne that came out November 19th. The VSC is a miss. It's a banger of an album. You're going to love it. Massive cheers to you, Nikita. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. This was an excellent conversation. I had such a blast connecting with Nikita. I loved his outlook on going from being basically a solo artist to now collaborating with bandmates that he trusts. I think it's uh, it's good of him to have released a little bit of control. I can understand a little bit about that, liking being in control. I'm that way with the podcast. So uh, massive cheers to Nikita for spending some time with me. Can't wait to hang out face-to-face to continue this discussion. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox & Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that by going to my website, Vox hops.com that's v-o-x-a-n-d-h-o-p-s.com and when you do that you shall receive two emails a month that will contain everything that's been going on in the world of the vox and hops metal podcast you'll get to see which episodes i dropped recently you'll get to see which episodes i have coming up you will also get to see which albums the vox and hops album review crew have reviewed recently you'll get to see which albums jerry monk the metal architect himself has added to the brutal awakenings playlist which is available on both apple music and spotify there is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I'd hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a glorious rest of the week. I have one more episode coming up this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget, and we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.